0: The views expressed on Teach-A-Vision are those of the interviewee and interviewer, and do not represent Screenless Allies as a whole. Hello there, and welcome to Teach-A-Vision, episode number six, where everyone has a different vision of learning. My name is Jose Briseño, and on this episode, we're going to continue the interview with Ms. Sherry Lyon, a teacher of the visually impaired from Abilene, Texas. But first, here are some highlights from episode number five, when we first started talking to Ms. Sherry.
1: Before I became a TBI, I taught early childhood education at one of the junior colleges here in town. And I got to know her a little bit, and she convinced me to go ahead and start my training. Probably a little bit of the cane use, and then maybe just her explaining a little bit about Braille and seeing it. I thought that was pretty interesting.
0: On this episode, it's all about teaching style and creativity. We're going to be talking about Miss Sherry's teaching style and a couple of tricks that you can use with your students as well in regards to teaching certain concepts. That, some monkeys, and gummy bears on this episode of Teach-A-Vision by Screenless Ally. All right, let's go more in depth here. So you mentioned this a little while ago in passing, but would you mind describing your teaching style? Now, you did mention that you definitely make it fun for your students, but can you describe a time where you had fun teaching a concept to the student and the student also had fun learning this concept and you realized that it was very effective and you ran with it for other students?
1: Well, you know, sometimes you can't just identify a single concept because things are interrelated. But just to give you an example, which I think is kind of pretty darn cool. I took a song, a book, whatever you want to call it, Five Little Monkeys, jumping on the bed. And I was trying to figure out, I can't bring in a monkey. Yes. Because, you know, with, with little ones, we like to use real objects as much as we can. Can't do that.
0: I think if you brought a monkey into the school, we'd have a bit of a problem. <laughs>
1: not going to work too well. So I was trying to figure out how in the world I could make this book interesting for this child. So what I ended up doing, I made a one page, if you could call it booklet, one page is all I did. And I glued five pom-poms across and then I glued the pom-poms with some ribbon. So when you pull the pom-poms off, the ribbon was attached to the paper. So you couldn't lose the pom-pom. Okay. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, ma'am. That makes sense so far.
1: And as we did the little song, Every time the monkey jumped off the bed, we had to pull a pom-pom off. So if you start with five, you pull one off. Then you're going down to four and you pull one off. So you're basically, are you learning the story? You're learning the story. You're using your fingers to pull. That's hand strengthening. And then you're also, you're learning to count backwards. So guess what? You know, we had another goal of counting backwards from 10.
0: Ooh, pretty nifty.
1: Not just five. And my student picked that up with absolutely no problem. And the other day I got a video of him. Some of his family members speak Spanish. He's using his knowledge of the Spanish numbers, one through 10, to count backwards from 10.
0: Would you say creativity is an essential necessity when coming into this field?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: So I got to ask, were those monkeys able to get back on the bed after you knocked them over?
1: (laughs) We just stick the pom-poms right back on and do it again.
0: Okay, cool. All right, so they did make it back on top of the bed. By the way, no monkeys were harmed in the making of this project. Oh, yeah. So now that we got the easy stuff in regards to teaching, can you tell me what was the hardest concept you had to teach where you really had to be creative and sharp? Besides math, because for someone who's totally blind, math is one of those that you really have to have creativity.
1: I think it's important to really use your resources. I'm going to stick that in there. Whether it's a person you call or articles you read or you Google or just whatever, it's important to use your resources. I can give you a couple of different, one science and one math, where one is creative, came up with it on my own. The second one
0: is just using a resource. All right, go ahead and start with one that you can say you created from scratch. And then you can do the one where you used resources and already made materials.
1: On my own, we were plotting coordinate planes, like over to, up two. Right. So what we did, I took... I think it was painter's tape, masking tape, and I created a large grid on the carpet in the room that we were using. And then we borrowed some orange pylons from PE, and my student had to walk over so many squares and go up so many squares and try to locate the pylon.
0: Wow, that's definitely very creative. I don't think I could ever do something like that, but that's pretty cool.
1: It's a cognitive thing, definitely math-related. You're taking it to the gross motor, so he had to move his body which is good because a lot of times kids just sit in a chair, which is good, but, you know, just had that little added bit of experience there to really make him think about what he was doing.
0: All right. So you mentioned resources. So what are the ones that you use all the time? Of course, one of the resources that is a TBI's go-to is the American Printing House for the Blind that we discussed on the previous series with another TVI. But do you use any other resources besides that?
1: I use that. Paths to Literacy is another one that's really good. And there are several out there. This one I did with my seventh grader. They were talking about genetics and DNA. Well, it's really hard to understand DNA. And of course, we're not in high school. We're still in middle school. So I found an experiment. I want to say it was Paths to Literacy. That may not be accurate. But we took strawberries, and we mashed them, and we put them in a little Ziploc bag, and we added chemicals to that and swished that strawberry around, poured it out into a glass flask, I guess you could call it, and then we used like a toothpick or something, and we went across the top of the liquid, and we were able to pull the DNA out of the strawberry, and my student can feel of it. It was that little slimy strip of gunk that
0: Rose released out of a strawberry so he could feel of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, slimy. Ooh, yeah. That reminds me of the time whenever I was in school and I did the osmosis project. For that project, I ended up using the gummy bears. Did you ever do that?
1: I haven't done that one.
0: Yeah, you can put a gummy bear in a water beaker and if you leave it there for about a day or two, it will become a huge gummy bear. That gummy bear is going to be pretty big and slimy. I will warn you that. Every student doesn't like slime, the gummy bear wouldn't be a good idea. Now, <laughs> I remember that I didn't even want to touch it myself with a 10-foot pole. But it got to the point where even my teacher was like, don't be a sissy and just put it in my hand like with no napkin or anything. Ugh! Never doing that again. Oof, that was when I was a freshman in high school. Oof, never again. Thank you for joining us for episode number six of Teach-A-Vision. We'll see you next time for episode number seven. For now, we encourage you to visit our website at screenlessallies.com. S-C-R-E-E-N-L-E-S-S-A-L-L-I-E-S.com. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash screenlessalliesofficial. And if you wish to email us, you can do so by emailing to info at screenlessallies.com. Thank you for listening to episode number six. We'll see you next time.